everyone, it's Mark. Today's episode is sponsored by Paint Care. Paint Care is the industry's own solution for the problem of post-consumer paint waste. The organization has already collected over 50 million gallons and redirected them from landfills and waterways. Paint Care currently operates in 10 states and the District of Columbia with New York, the 11th state, coming online in May of 2022. Paint Care is both good for the environment and your business. 35% of dealers who sign up to be a Paint Care drop-off location report new customers shopping in their store as a direct result of their participation in Paint Care. To learn more about Paint Care, go to paintcare.org forward slash retailers. everybody. It's Mark. Thanks for joining me today. One of my favorite episodes today, Grant Farnsworth of the Farnsworth Group will be joining me in just a minute. The Farnsworth Group does some of the best market research that, uh, that I follow, which covers this industry. It's not an industry because of our size. The independent dealer segment does not get a lot of attention from the big research firms, but Grant's firm is a boutique firm that works in this space. And and they really provide a lot of fabulous information. They, they caught my attention at the beginning of the pandemic when they started uh, releasing publicly a regular COVID tracker, which showed different behavioral changes and other things that were affecting dealers as caused by the pandemic. And so I sort of picked up coverage and now they've moved on. They no longer call it the COVID tracker. We're sort of moving into a hopefully post COVID economy. But nonetheless, the economy has changed dramatically. And, and I don't think that dealers can expect any more that just sort of what happened last year or two years ago at this point is what's going to be happening going forward. Uh, consumer behaviors have changed. And when I say consumers, I'm referring to uh, both DIY consumers as well as professional consumers, contractors, painters, uh, professional users of, of the products that dealers are selling. And as much as the consumer behavior associated with DIY has changed dramatically, uh, contractor behavior has changed even more dramatically. And we're seeing enormous shifts away from very traditional brand loyalties. If you've been following along or if you own a paint store, you know what's going on uh, with Sherwin-Williams and how many uh, Sherwin-Williams customers are going into your store. If you follow me, you know I've been covering this story for quite a number of months now. Sherwin-Williams, through their loss of sales, through their inability to keep the shelf stock primarily with commercial quality products, is looking at a three, $400 million uh, transfer of business to Benjamin Moore or Benjamin Moore retailers, independent retailers of other brands as well are benefiting. And, and so Grant starts to fill in some of the detail and, and what that looks like and what you are experiencing in your stores is actually happening on a macro level as well. And it's not just Sherwin-Williams customers coming into Benjamin Moore. The current circumstances of the high demand of the pandemic and the shortages associated with the storms last February have really created a circumstance where brand is much less important as part of the decision-making process. Availability becoming number one price in a time of high inflation is higher on the list in many cases uh, than brand loyalty. 
as well. And so I like to give Grant, you know, he comes on twice a year. I really appreciate his time. I like to give him that time because he, he really explains in detail. He backs up and shows his work on a lot of the stuff that I talk about in my blog and in these videos. So thank you, Grant, for making the time. I appreciate it. Uh, before we go on to Grant, uh, Mule Town Paint is, uh, sent me this shirt. You know, I, I like to wear something from an independent retailer every time I record something. If you are an independent retailer and you want me to wear your swag, by the way, you could send it to me at 119 Alton Road in Stamford, Connecticut, 06906. Mule Town Paint is the private label of Columbia Paint in Columbia, Tennessee, and Columbia is owned uh, by my dear friend, Zach Maddox, who, if you follow me in my blog, you know, is, is Grasshopper. I actually know uh, Zach's father for a lot longer than I know Zach. I only know Zach for a couple of years now. Many of you know Zach's father, Zeke. And Zach and Zeke have a, a great one-store operation in Columbia, Tennessee, as well as a good private label with their own brand, Mule Town. And so, Zach, thank you so much. Uh, for your friendship and support of my work and efforts. Zach is one of the original members of the Minutemen, one of the original websites that I put up in my revolution, the e-commerce package for dealers. And so, Zach, thank you so much for sending me the work. Thank you so much for all your support. And let's hear from Grant Farnsworth. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Grant Farnsworth again. Grant is from the Farnsworth Group, the market research company. Grant, how are you this morning? I am well, Mark. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for joining me today. And so for those of you who have been following along, Grant's been on, since the beginning of the pandemic, the Farnsworth Group has been putting out their market research, which uh, they're called, are you still calling it the COVID tracker? Yeah, uh, well, I think we're done with the name COVID. You know what I mean? It's going to be here forever. So it's now just the, the home and, monthly home improvement tracker. The monthly home improvement tracker. And, and Grant, in my opinion, you're company grant is putting out some of the best market research that I've seen in this industry. And so I really appreciate you coming on with me and updating this data every few months. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pleasure and we enjoy doing it. And so let's start quickly. So you've, you've got some new data out. Let's start with the DIY segment, which I think I mentioned is maybe uh, it's important, but not as interesting uh, to yeah. retailers as what's going on in the contractor segment, which we'll get to in a minute. But what are retailers experiencing in terms of uh, consumer behavior right now? Yeah, so we've uh, made some revisions to the monthly tracker and started asking about a lot of those areas that are really, really impacting not only contractors, but DIYers. So we're talking more about availability. We're talking more about pricing. We're talking more about labor. All three of those things are having an impact both on the DIY and contractor behaviors, their decisions, all that good stuff. Mark, when we look at the DIYers, and, and for those that are interested, if, if you go to the farnsworthgroup.com slash tracker, um, you can sign up to get access to these reports. We put them out each month. Um, it's amongst hundreds of DIYers and hundreds of contractors each month, free for the industry because it's really about helping you know, manufacturers and suppliers you know, be informed about behaviors and attitudes, sentiment, you know, what's going on uh, with customers in the building products home improvement space. Um, as we look at the DIYers, you know, we're seeing that you know, project delays are continuing to decline just as we're seeing with contractors, right? So you know, roughly 17% in November said they've, they've experienced some delays or stoppage on the projects that they are doing themselves. And the main reason for that is one of two things. Typically, it's going to be material availability or material pricing. So 
even with DIYers, this, this pricing and availability concern is becoming an issue and sometimes a hindrance to getting projects done. So it's something that we're really, really keen on watching to see how long this, uh, this lasts, you know, how much of an impact is it really going to have on DIYers either being delayed in projects or maybe just deciding not to do a project altogether. Really interesting to look at that perspective, Mark. You know, and it's interesting because I, of course, speak to dealers all the time and we talk about price and we talk about, you know, obviously everybody is aware of, of what's happening, inflation and the price of coatings and related products right now, but we don't really talk about it in terms of how it's affecting whether or not people have sort of reached capacity. They're not going to pay any more for a gallon of paint than they would have, you know, before the price increase, so to speak. But I do hear from a lot of dealers that material availability is holding them back. Sales are not happening yep. because products are not available. Well, and, and, and this availability piece is the leading cause of what we see both DIYers and contractors switching brands. Yeah. Um, number two is, is, is pricing. So we are seeing a lot of brand shift, roughly 20% amongst DIYers, depending on the category, and even higher amongst contractors that are trying a brand for the first time due either to availability of their usual brand not being there or some you know, price concerns or, or, or pricing plays, trying a new brand over an existing brand uh, because one may be a little bit more affordable. So these, these challenges are having real impact on brands and manufacturers and, and what's being used both by DIYers and contractors. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes because the reason I reached out to you and said, this is the one, you know, I read these every month when they come out, but this is the one I want Grant to update is in a few minutes when we speak about what the contractors are doing in terms of their behavior, I was blown away, Grant, by the volume of contractors that are abandoning their relationship with existing brands as well as existing vendors. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And so we're seeing that in the DIY space as well. And, I, you know, to me, I think what that says, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. To me, I think what that says is that brand is important, but nothing's more important than availability. In some cases, that is absolutely true. With DIYers, availability on a monthly basis is typically around you know, 50% saying that I, I don't have any material shortage issues. I haven't experienced any problems with availability. That's not the case with contractors. Because they're exposed to more categories, because they have right. tight timelines, et cetera, their sentiment and feeling towards availability is much more severe than, than, than that was you with DIYers. Um, and we can certainly jump over to some of the contractor behaviors if, if that makes more sense. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where we're going. I think that that's what retailers want to hear about. But just you know, to, to wrap up this point, I think the issue with DIYers is think about yourself as a consumer. You, know, you go into the paint store or a local hardware store and you say, listen, I want to repaint my bedroom and I want to use Benjamin Moore you know, regal eggshell. And they say, well, I'm, I'm out of that. It won't be in until next week as a DIYer. Okay. I'm, I'm going to wait until next week. And, and it's yep. the brand I want and, and I've used it for years. And so I'm going to stick around, but contractors, you know, don't really have that option. Right. What we're seeing on the contractor side of thing. And, and I think this is uh, you know very 
very interesting on the contractor side is first when we see availability issues, yes, we've got a large percent that say that they've got some availability, almost 100% are saying I've, I've experienced some issues with availability. Only 5% of the contractors we surveyed um, have said they, they do not have any availability issues that they've experienced. Those are the 5% that aren't doing a lot of work, right? That's right. 5% is right. doing all the work. That's right. That's right. Um, and in fact, when we look at residential versus commercial, commercial contractors are even more severe uh, availability issues in the research that we've been doing. But, but here's what's interesting, Mark. They're all experiencing availability concerns. But to your point, when we asked, well, what, what happens when the product was unavailable? Did you buy a different product? Did you, did you go to a different supplier, et cetera? They all found a solution. There were only 6% that experienced some availability issues that actually did not make a purchase. Right. So in other words, this is a challenge, but it's not a hindrance to them buying something and getting the work done. And right. I think that is what we need to be very, very mindful of as manufacturers and suppliers is that they are finding solutions. Now, as we look at the variety of categories, we are seeing anywhere between 10 and 30% of contractors try a new brand for the first time. Every month. That's every month. Yeah. And, and, and it's ebbing and right. flowing and, and, and all right. that good stuff. And it, and it varies by category. It'll vary by trade. But it's this idea that there is a, a, a large percentage of brand shift still happening today. Yeah. And when we ask, well, well, what was it? Why did you try that new brand? The number one response we keep getting is my, my usual brand is out of stock. Right. Yeah. For dealers, that's what causes both concern is, as well as opportunity. I know a lot of dealers listening now. I'll give you a, a quick inside baseball on what's going on in the industry. Really specific. Sherwin-Williams is really struggling to keep their professional level quality products mm. uh, on their shelves in their stores. And, and I follow Sherwin-Williams you know, on not just their... Uh, social media, but I follow their financials. I go to their investor meetings. I, you know, they're all digital. I, I log into yeah, their yeah. investor meetings. This category is, they probably had a loss of three, $400 million hmm. of sales in this space. This is by their own admission. And that corroborates what I'm seeing with independent retailers and, and particularly what I'm hearing from Benjamin Moore and Benjamin Moore retailers. They've garnered a great deal of that three or $400 million just by having the yeah. product. Yeah. And we're seeing some challenger brands win in that, you know, and, and particularly in, in, in this paint category, you know, with just disruptions in Texas for supply chain and, and material, right. et cetera. I mean, that, that was a big ripple effect, but what I would say though, Mark, and this is what's interesting as well as we work with a lot of manufacturers in the building product space. In fact, you know, as you know, the Farnsworth group, the only area we play in is building products, home improvement. Right. Um, and have for 30 years. So as, we, as we're having conversations with our clients, we are seeing those that may have availability issues still win if they are being very transparent, um, have regular communication, and are providing solutions and recommendations on, I know we don't have it today, but we can pre-order, have it there in three days. I'll give you an update tomorrow with where it is and where it's at, and then I'll update you again on Friday with where it is. So, you know, I think there is a way to overcome some of these availability challenges if you are a brand out there facing those challenges. And a lot of it has to do with transparency and communication you know, retaining the loyalty that you do have amongst some of your, your, your clients, doing it in a very transparent manner. And, and it, it's surprising at, at times, you know, how little building product manufacturers are willing to be candid and uh, communicate regularly to, to help support the contractors. Cause that's all contractors are asking for right now is 
help me with my business. I have so much going on. In fact, one of the studies that we've done, we, we do a, a building products customer guide each year amongst residential, commercial trades, and amongst DIYers. And over half are booked out at least a week. Almost 30% are booked out a month or more. So these are contractors that are slammed. They are asking for help in managing their business. Don't blow smoke. Just tell me what the real deal is. If it's going to be a week, I might be okay with it, but at least be honest with me and upfront and tell me it's going to be a week. And a lot of times we're starting to see that win and play out well. Well, I have been of the opinion, look, you see what I do for a living, right? So I'm a big fan of communications. I have been for the entirety of my 30 years, uh, even when I was before there was such a thing as blogging back when I used to just write a column. Uh, once a month in a trade magazine, I've been harping on that same tune, which is to yep. say manufacturers need to be really forthcoming yep. with their communications. And, and it's never more evident that you're not than during a crisis. And this exactly. is a crisis, right? Whether or not it's hurting you, right? There's a lot of people that are making a lot of money right now. And so they say, well, this is not really a crisis. Look, I'm making a fortune. I'm up 20% over last year, but that doesn't mean that it's not a crisis. That's right. Yep. No, I think that's a great point. Yeah. The, the communication transparency, I think, uh, goes a long way when we start talking about availability in, in several categories. And so I haven't seen anything in your research yet, but when do you think we would be able to start seeing things like how permanent uh, are some of these changes? So for example, the example I gave before about the Benjamin Moore retailers, you know, when do we start seeing who hangs on to this business, uh, yeah. you know, down the road? Yeah, that's a great question. We haven't really seen a withdrawal from brand or channel shift so far. It is it is still happening again because we've got so much availability issues and, and, and pricing issues that are pervasive in the industry right now. I think once right. we see some of those availability challenges subside and manufacturers do some some brand health work, something that we do on a regular basis with a lot of our clients, you know, each year tracking usage and brand share and, and, and brand perceptions, all that good stuff. I think it's going to be some time before we see which brands really stick, which brands win, because availability is still an issue. Pricing is still right. an issue that's causing some branded channel shift. So haven't really seen if, if there's, you know, some, some loyalty changes. However, what I will say is in the research that we've just done in our, our building products customer guide, those that have changed brands, over 90% are as equally or more satisfied with that new brand. There you go, dealers. And 70% plus plan on using that brand again going forward. There you go, independent so, paint retailers, independent paint dealers. He's telling you what I've been saying. This is your opportunity to hang on to that business from Sherwin-Williams. It, it, it's an opportunity for a lot of brands that have gained exposure and gained trial usage to yep. really start building out some loyalty if they're smart in going about uh, how they engage with the contractor and maintaining that relationship. Um, I think the idea that a brand is immune has been thrown out the window because we've proven time and time again with our research that there are such high levels of satisfaction with the new brands that contractors are trying. And, and that's what we do as a Farnsworth group is, is, is our job is to get into the details and understand the, the, the minds, the attitudes, the behaviors, and, and the rationale behind some of these decisions and why they're making them is, 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 is pretty obvious. And their satisfaction with them is pretty surprising. And so what you're saying is, I think that we're going to need to see some stabilization in supply and pricing 
before we can start assessing uh, how permanent some of these changes are, right? 100%. And so listen, for dealers, I think what Grant is, is telling you for, for dealers that are now benefiting from the flow of customers coming from Sherwin-Williams because Benjamin Moore has done a better job with the type of products uh, that they like. I think what Grant is saying is you've got a really great opportunity to hang on to this customer, but I think it's going to take communication and I think it's going to take uh, continued transparency and it's going to take some effort because listen, Sherwin-Williams is not going to be out of paint forever, right Grant? Yeah, and, and 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 I'm not throwing shade on Sherwin or, right. or Benjamin Moore or anything like this. I think it's a right. challenge for all brands. I think it's a challenge right. for for all suppliers. And I think that's why we're seeing a lot of um, even you know, big box down to independents start looking at their product mix and start looking at their vendor mix and saying, you know, listen, I've got the customer is becoming king more so than ever, Mark. And we talk a lot about this in presentations for the industry, presentations with our clients. 50 years ago, manufacturers called the shots. And then 30 years ago, 25 years ago, it turned over to those, that, that big orange and that big blue box. They started calling the shots. You know, here's what, here's what you're going to give us and here's what you're going to give it to us for. We are now really entering, I believe, an age that the consumer, the customer is truly calling the shots and driving um, you know, what they want, how they want, where they want, and when they want it. And both manufacturers and suppliers are needing to react. So that collaboration and understanding what I need to do as a supplier, it is all about the customer right now, because if yeah. I don't have what they want, when they want, how they want it, they've got options for days. And, and, and that's the behavior that we need to pay attention to. So it's right. all about the customer, whether it's DIY or whether it's pro. And I would say that that is most important. If you can keep that focus on customer, you're right, Mark, this is an opportunity to win. The, the consumers that were coming into this space, even before COVID grant, you know, those are the 30, 40 year old consumers. Those are the people that grew up with an iPhone in their hand. Right. And, and so they never went into a paint store and it never occurred to them that they would have to, to get a gallon of paint. I, I want my office painted. I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to get everything I need maybe to do it myself, but I'm, I'm going to hit some buttons on my iPhone and that paint is going to show up. And if it, if it doesn't, I'll find another website that'll make the paint show up. And if they're not purchasing the paint online, you better believe they're doing some research online. That's right. And so they're already getting exposure to brands, to suppliers, even before they step foot in anything to actually make that purchase. So how are we helping and being a part of their journey? Because it is now becoming more and more all about them, yep. not us. Yep. You're seeing that with the contractor as well, not just the DIY consumer. A hundred percent. So this idea that the... Well, First of all, we're not saying the store is dead. It, it, it's it's right. not the case at all. And it's not the it's case not at all, to, right? Not right. the case at all. But what we are seeing on the contractor side, just as we are seeing with, with DIY, is the level of online research and information capture and the level of digital influence to in-store influence, in most cases, is higher online than in-store. So wow. again, it's still this idea that, yes, they may prefer to have interactions one-on-one -on -one with the store rep, with their colleagues, et cetera. That may be still really influential, but number two, three, four, and five on their list of influences are all digital means. That's right. So how are those worlds playing together? How are you involved as a brand or a supplier in making sure that you're present across that journey? Because it's not just going to be one or the other. We, we keep saying uh, lately, there's, it's not in-store commerce and e-commerce. It is commerce. It's commerce, right. 
And so how are you engaging throughout that whole process? Right, because it's interesting, the dealers now will all tell you that customers are looking to be in the store less, right? The 20 minutes that it used to take to buy a gallon of paint included the customer walking in the store, getting an explanation of what type of paint they needed, uh, looking at the color rack and then having their paint made. Now customers, they want to do all of that other stuff online. Yep. And then they just want to walk in and say, I've already decided what I want. Here it is. Make it for me. Or right. even better, they want to order it online. And hey, I, I'm picking up order number 132 and I want to be out right. of here in 30 seconds. So it's interesting to me that 20 minutes that we've taken out of the store experience, that needs to be replaced somewhere else. And the person who's going to get the exactly. customer to walk in is the one who replaced that 20 minutes digitally. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so tell me before I let you go, what is it that you're looking at that you think might surprise dealers in the next six months? What are you keeping an eye on? Um, Honestly, DIY intent. Uh, When we look at the percentage of DIYers that are planning to do some projects, it remains strong. We've seen this throughout the pandemic. The expectation I think a lot of us in the industry had was, you know, well, after that, you know, the, you know, 2020, everyone's going to get all the DIY out of their system and it's going to come to a crashing halt and, and probably decline quite substantially. It's certainly what I was thinking, right? Our sales are up this year over last yeah. and last year was a crazy yeah. year. We are yeah. not seeing a slowdown of that intent when we look at the data. So really excited to see what 2022 holds from the DIY perspective. Um, we believe on the product sales side, it may be a little flat over 2021, but it's flat over some large growth mark. And I think that's what's really interesting is we're not seeing this you know, 10, 15% decline in DIY product sales. Some level of that is really sticking. The other thing that I think is really intriguing is to look at where the opportunities lie for existing contractor business, existing home contractor business, and the work that may be coming for remodel and large remodel project activity that's being hired out to the pros. I think we, we had a lot of pent up demand from 2020. We've yep. got increasing home ownership rates right now. We've got new you know, demand. Uh, we've got a large population that's really driving some, some first-time home buyership rates. So I think there's a, a massive opportunity for manufacturers and suppliers as we get into 22 and 23 um, to really see growth from the, the, the contractors that are servicing existing homes. You know, early on, you and I were on, it might've even been the first episode. So just a few months in the pandemic, we had a conversation about how much future business could be pulled into this year, right? So if everybody is at home and they all decide to paint, you're, you're taking next year's paint job and bringing it into this year. But, but that has turned out not to be the case, right? It, the, the, the numbers are showing it's not the case. And so this was our argument in 2020. And this was our argument earlier this year is that it was more added sales than it was pulled forward. And I say that because when we, we do qualitative research and quantitative research, particularly with homeowners, and we ask, you know, what prompted these projects? Why, why did you decide to do this now? A lot of them were projects that they never planned on doing. Electrical work that they would never touch, plumbing work that they would never touch, fixing a deck that they never thought about doing, but they had the time and the money and they were home the whole time. So they added these projects to their list um, they didn't simply pull them forward. I'm going to do it this year, even though I was planning to do it next year. There was some pull forward, Mark. I think we're going to start seeing you know, basket sizes of DIYers shrink. Eventually, um, that would have to I, happen. It's going to have to, but I, there was more additive sales than I think we anticipated with this whole you know, pandemic you know, being a catalyst for it. Yep. 
Well, what a, a great job you guys are doing, Grant. And I continue <laughs> to beg you to come on every six months and update your data because I think as I've shared with you and I've, I've shared it in my writing, I think you guys are doing the best work in this space. And dealers listening, if you like to geek out a little bit on the details as I do, you can go to Grant's website and, and follow along. It's really great information. Yeah, that's great, Mark. I appreciate it. It is uh, thefarmsworthgroup.com. And for our monthly tracker, thefarmsworthgroup.com slash tracker. Uh, we've got a great team. We've got a great group. Uh, we're passionate about the industry. We, we, we love research in the industry, builders, remodelers, GCs, painters, DIYers, uh, the whole gamut. So uh, we're, we're honored to be a part of the, uh, the discussion. And um, hopefully the work that we're doing is, is helping some manufacturers and suppliers along the way. Terrific. Well, thank you very much, Grant. I appreciate the time as always, and we'll see you hopefully in about six months. Thanks, Mark.